0: Good morning. Good morning. We have the lovely Dr. Layla Streets on today. Yes. Lovely inside
1: and out. She's just a wonderful person and has such a passion for what
0: she does here um, as a dentist in our community. So knowledgeable. I find it such an attractive quality to be so passionate about something and have all this knowledge to share and just have the confidence to share
1: it. Right. We learn so much and ask so many questions. So sorry, if you know a little bit more about our (laughs) (laughs) dental (laughs) questions from our personal family. Um, But I think it's something that all of us can relate to, you know, whether it's for yourself or um, your children. And just knowing that one reason that I really noted why she continues to succeed and do so well is because she's teachable and she seeks more knowledge and training. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Again, another attractive quality is to seek out information and be more knowledgeable. And in business that serves you, we talk about this, it gives you that edge when you can add more value to your clients than other people in the industry. People want to seek you out. They want your knowledge. They want your time, right? Right. And so Yeah, that's definitely what she
1: does. She's not the type of person where a patient comes in, they get clean, they get their x-rays, send them on their way. Like you learn so much while you're there so that you can get to the root cause if there's an issue and prevent other things from happening. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely going to be beneficial. And if you're local, definitely go see Dr. Layla
0: Streets. Yeah. Smiles in the pines. Enjoy. I'm Sarah. I'm Caitlin. Two
1: women discussing all things in business. Welcome to She's the Boss. Thank you for coming on. Are we
0: allowed to call you by your first name? Or are we Dr. Streets? No, first
2: name, first name. <laughs>
0: No, it's so weird. I feel like it's so unprofessional. Maybe halfway through, I'll start calling you Layla. Until then, is that how Dr. we pronounce Streets? it?
1: Because it's spelled L-E-J-L-A, right? Yeah.
2: Okay. So uh, it's like, just to give you like a background, it's Bosnian, and okay. in Europe, you pronounce the J like an I. If it makes sense, like a yeah, Layla, and it throws people off. Uh huh. Yeah. That's
1: all types of things you gotta do with your mouth and Layla.
0: Well, at least, <laughs> at least streets is easy, yeah.
2: right? <laughs> Thanks to my husband. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What's your maiden name? It's Tupkovich. Tupkovich. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that's easy though. Oh, I don't know. You'd probably be Dr. T. Dr. T. Oh, for yeah. sure. With the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Were you doctor before you got married? Yes. Okay. So you have been Dr. T.
2: <laughs> so I, I have been Dr. T. So when I first started in the military, Like, my officer in charge, OIC, she was like, I'm just going to call you Dr. T because your name is so difficult to pronounce.
1: How did you get from Bosnia to American military? Tell us about that.
2: Oh, man. Okay, so I'll try to, like, give you a 60-second version of it. Um, Back in 1992, there was a civil war in Bosnia, Mm -hmm. and pretty much you had two options to stay or leave. And so my parents packed up both – me and my two brothers and we um moved to germany where we lived as refugees and of course like as a refugee you only have like a certain amount of time where you can stay in that country before you know the government decides what to do next and so given the fact that back in 1999 the united states was like the land of opportunity my parents were like okay let's go bet let's go move to the United States." establish a life there versus moving to bosnia which was in shambles back in the 90s so that's how they made the decision how um, i ended up living in boston massachusetts and then you know pursuing like undergrad i decided i wanted to give back to the country and i was like well at some point i want to be in the military and that's when i realized that there was like this health profession scholarship for dental school applicants and i applied for it got in um got into dental school and that's how i became a dentist in the army you have zero accent though how how
1: on earth have you lived in bosnia germany and boston well
0: if we're talking in the 90s right you had to be really little
2: yeah it was only nine yeah yeah so usually like Mm -hmm. around nine you're still a sponge and you can absorb so many things my brother who's a year and a half older than me has a slight accent okay and then sometimes I'll have like my immigrant moments where I forget a word or just like pronounce something Mm -hmm. kind of wrong
1: yeah (laughs) Well, cause even if you're nine, your parents still talk that way. So like, I know a lot of people that still have an accent, even if they've lived here their whole life because yeah. of their parents.
0: It, <laughs> it is accent. a really interesting thing. Like yeah. as far as where you're at in your brain development and language development, yeah. because I too know people who have been here for quote, almost their whole life, but have like thick accents. Mm-hmm. Did your parents speak English at home? Coming here? No, 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 no. Right. I mean,
2: we spoke German, which is the most similar language to English if that makes any sense, even though it doesn't sound similar at all. But
0: as far as like sentence structure or what, I don't even, I
2: don't know. No, I mean, we were all just learning. Hmm. Like I came not knowing a single word in English besides thank you or please. Please.
0: Oh, well, that was, those are two good ones. <laughs> Your parents were like, you will have some manners.
2: <laughs> I still remember like when I was nine reading a word cause they were doing like their little language thing. And I thought, I don't know why I thought lunchbox was the funniest word I've ever read in my life, <laughs> but I read it as a German. So it was like lunchbox. And I thought that was funny. And
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you had to come here and not even speak a word. Yeah, the same language
0: so did you just go to the regular public school and you were thrown yeah. into english immediately yeah, yeah, yeah full so immersion
2: exactly yeah so sometimes i want to say once a week they had you take like an esl class english as a second language class to kind of you know get you up to speed with terminology etc and then you know after a year i was just like integrated
0: totally yeah Because kids are like, oh, I got this, whereas us adults are like, what is happening? (laughs) This is too hard. I've done this for two years and I still only know please and thank you. Right? (laughs) Yeah, it's wild. We have kids that come to our school. Um, We've had you know a few ESL students, and their parents are so nervous. Like they only speak Greek, and we're like, we promise they will be fine. Mm-hmm. And within a few weeks they fully understand what is being, you know, asked of them and what their friends are saying. They can't yeah. respond really yet. But by the end of the year, these children are speaking English like it wasn't their second language. Yeah. It's
2: wild. And it, yeah. And it helps that children are more receptive to new things because they're just like their brain is just constantly developing and they're just welcoming of other children, are less likely to segregate someone and they just want to play with someone. So right. it it's like too easy.
0: Yeah. Let's play this game together. Yeah. Oh. like, I don't even know you don't speak English. Whatever. Yeah. House is universal. Yeah. (laughs) That's
1: awesome. So how long were you in the military then?
2: So I ended up staying for five years, a little over five years. Um, I had a four year contract, but because I had a little baby and y'all know how the whole childcare situation is in Moore County, Mm -hmm. I decided to stay another year until a spot was secured for her in Moore County.
0: how Strategic of you. Some good (laughs) long-term planning, right?
2: (laughs) Hey, hey, I learned from my first child. I was like, I had him on a wait list for over two years Mm -hmm. to get into a daycare in this County. I was like, Oh my goodness. And that was during the whole COVID thing
1: too. Right. Yeah. It's crazy here. People before they even start trying to get pregnant, put their
0: kids on a wait list. Uh So somebody on like Moore County, ask a neighbor or something like that was like, Somebody said, Hey, you know, I'm moving here. I need childcare. And m- like a few of the comments from moms were like, Well, welcome to Moore County, the um, childcare wasteland where you will just sit and waste away on a waiting list. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, Oh, how awful to hear that as a parent. Yeah. Like, great. So then what am I supposed to do? Yep. Yeah. You know?
2: And then options for nannies, there are none. And then you yeah. have so many moms just staying at home because they have no options or they'll start working from home, finding like a flexible, like part-time daycare so they can do mm-hmm. something or coordinate something with their spouse. And it's like, this is heartbreaking. This is the reality of our region.
1: Right. Yeah. So if someone wants to open a business or a school or a daycare <laughs> yeah, soon, then they should, Caitlin. <laughs> And take I've, I've been asking her for years. I'm like, will you please open one out here?
0: Yeah, it's fine. Things are expensive here. I mean, things are expensive everywhere, right? But like with interest rates and the amount of land that we would need to do what we do in Harnett County, which is like the only way I want to do this. I won't settle for like, here's an acre and we'll just watch your kids. No, like we, mm-hmm. our mission and vision require a a bigger plot which means more money up
2: front <laughs> and then can you find a team to that, help support your vision
0: yeah that that i'm actually really good at i will mm-hmm. toot my horn there <laughs> <laughs> but um it's it's the time it takes to do that and we're just in a place now that it's like my husband's retired we are up at the school 15 hours a week the team is amazing we're doing beautifully it's just like a season of life thing do we want Mm -hmm. like you were saying the other day to open another studio like that doesn't meet the family goals because we have these things we want to do with our family which requires time Mm -hmm. and i'm not willing to give up that time to go start this other thing which would be amazing and great for the community but then does my family suffer on the other side of that you Mm -hmm. know so anyway and then then the
1: commercial ac unit goes out and you use all the funds you saved up for that anyway so
0: great yeah (laughs) Yeah, just these
2: little things well, no one tells you about. Oh, just the fun
1: things people don't know about. Right. Um, Okay, so then you opened a
2: practice here. Is this, so you recently got out of the military then, right? Yeah. So I got out officially August 16th, which was after I opened up my practice. Okay. Okay. So it's been almost a year ago. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, coming yeah, it's up on almost a year. Yeah. I know,
0: time flies, and especially when you're just in the thick of starting a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So how did you find the childcare then to be able to do that (laughs) since we just (laughs) talked about that? Cause you have two children, three Uh and one, you said, Uh correct?
2: Yeah. So like I said, I had my kids on a wait list and then while I was still active, I got my son into a different daycare off post, which has been amazing. His current school is amazing. His teachers are great. No complaints. And then with my daughter, she was still in daycare until like maybe September of last year, and of course I had her on a wait list since I was pregnant.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I found
2: out I was pregnant, and she got a spot sometime around like the October timeframe last year, and then in August next
0: month when she turns two, she'll be joining my son's school. Oh, good. So then you'll have them in one place. Yes, that's always so hard for people. It like is just diff- one really drop a- off. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, I have five drop offs. Yeah. <laughs> no. I had two and that was like a struggle. Yeah. Now they're going to be at the same school.
2: And then you deal but, yeah. with the, this is, this has been a very popular thing for me. Um, the daycare calls you, you got to pick up your child. Uh huh. <laughs> they can't reach your husband cause he's on a jump.
0: Right. <laughs> Guess mm-hmm. has to close
2: down their business for the day. Right. The other parent. Um, so, I mean, I can say that I'm very fortunate that my parents are going to be moving down here oh, to good. help out next week. Good. So I'm like, huh. Oh, heaven, heaven mode. Yes. Um, but many other parents can't say that, especially no. if they're like a military spouse, you're kind of stuck right, being the responsible party. And so how much risk can you take with whatever step you're trying to take in your life?
0: Yeah. Like mm-hmm. trying to have your own thing and your own career and yeah. still be a, the mom on call and take care of everything. It's mm-hmm. like the hardest thing to do. It is lots of sacrifice.
2: And I know of so many moms who start their own bin- business because they think they're going to have that flexibility. And then reality <laughs> check really hits you when you're like, oh, I really need to prioritize my business, too, because otherwise it's not going to make it.
0: Right. Especially in the beginning. Oh, but, yeah.
2: Especially it's, as a
0: startup. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I noticed and I came to you gosh, I brought my daughter to you not long after you opened because Mm -hmm. I could immediately tell there was a difference in your approach, um, to how you do everything compared to other dentists in the area. So kind of like talk about that a little bit because you know,
0: everyone knows I'm a crunchy person. So I'm like, Ooh,
1: yay. I'm so excited.
0: (laughs) So I say crunchy often and people are like, what does that mean? And I'm like, have you never heard the term crunchy really yeah well they're not crunchy right then. so it's just like holistic it's a little more on the natural side yeah choosing more a more conservative approach to a lot of different medical things mm-hmm. okay I'm just giving a definition yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I even use the skincare called crunchy uh, oh
0: who
2: doesn't yeah. use crunchy yeah no, I love crunchy <laughs> but um another word is granola yes because I've heard the granola term before uh-huh. um I wouldn't call myself like crunchy or granola. It's more so I don't focus on just the tooth and nothing but the tooth kind of situation. And once you learn that or kind of step back and see that the body is like a one system, because it really is, everything is interconnected, you really approach things from a different view. And you have to really understand like the medical side of body function like oh well if you have this it's going to affect this and we're going to see those symptoms and results in your oral ca- oral cavity. And that's basically it. And I primarily focus on prevention, which is what most medical doctors should be doing based on the oath that we give when we're graduating and graduating from like medical school, dental school, like prevention is above treatment. But we're so trained on just performing the procedure that we get lost in spending the time to educate patients.
1: Mm.
2: And that's truly what it is. It's just, hey, you have this condition going on, but let me explain to you why. So you can be proactive in taking charge of your well-being because, you know, I don't. I want to. I hate to say it, but in the United States, we're very pharmaceutical-driven, and so people want a quick fix to their symptoms, mm-hmm. which is totally fine. We can do that, but is it really addressing your concern and your problem? Right. right. Yeah. Let's say it again in
0: unison. Yes, <laughs> we're all, all like, together right. now. Right. Right.
1: It's kind of like when you have a. I, I would assume the teeth are kinda of like skin, right? So like anytime there's a skin problem or skin outbreak, or you're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I even saw this on Facebook the other day. Someone's like, What skin care should I use? My child has horrible acne and everyone's like recommending skin cares. And somebody goes, Look into gut health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, Yes, the skin mm-hmm. is like the biggest display of that. Um, but I would assume teeth is also a huge display
2: huge and it comes back honestly i hate to nerd out so just a background as a little background i have a degree in microbiology and immunology and i love bacteria i love talking about it i love gut health i love everything that makes up the human body and the number one source of everything is going to be bacterial driven Hmm. so it's like yes you can see the effects in a mouth um or you can act on systemic effects based off what you see in the mouth. But ultimately it's what is your bacteria like? Cause if you have bleeding in your gums, guess what? That bacteria, that disease is entering your bloodstream and now it's affecting everything else. Mm. Mm. Same with the whole sleep. I am very heavily focused on sleep and, airway because the way you breathe in oxygen, which is your number one needed source of nutrients or the number one nutrient that you need to survive affects literally everything. So if you're not getting enough oxygen, your whole entire body just shuts down. Hmm. Yeah. That would make sense. (laughs) (laughs) We kind of need that (laughs) to the non-nerd over here. (laughs) I
1: love that kind of stuff. I'm like, Oh, me too. So (laughs) what's funny is it's, well, it's not funny at all, actually, but I only had like two cavities my whole adulthood. And then after baby number five, I had to have two root canals back to back. And I'm like, why, why all of a sudden do I have this happening to me? And I never got an answer. So I just was like researching the providers I was seeing for it didn't give me the answer. Cause I'm like, I want, I'd never want to have a root canal again. Cause anesthesia doesn't work on me. So, um, yeah, that's a really fun thing with C-sections and <laughs> root canals. Ugh. Um, You're like a superhuman. I don't know. It's not a good thing. Right, That's right. right. I that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I never want this to happen to me ever again. But I couldn't get an answer as to like, why all of a sudden are my teeth just literally falling
2: apart? Like literally mm-hmm. half of my teeth fell out. I believe it on hormones. Okay. Because once you have like, once you're pregnant, your hormone, there's a hormone imbalance, period. And then you have more blood flowing through your body too. Mm-hmm. Your body is utilizing or needing to excrete more nutrients. So let's say you're, you know, you're not getting enough calcium or vitamin D into your body. The rest of your body starts to release it, which includes your teeth because our teeth are made out of calcium. And sometimes we'll also see more what is called tartar on patients who don't get enough vitamin D, vitamin K in their diet. Mm. So pregnant patients, like your nutrient intake is so, so vital. And then of course, if a pregnant patient or a pregnant mom has acid reflux disease or is constantly throwing up, feeling ill, constantly snacking because you can't stomach a larger meal. Well, now you're I'm predisposing your teeth to more acid. And acid, again, is what degrades teeth. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you
1: because yeah. nobody ever told me. <laughs> but I'm not having any more kids. We are going to have a hormone like specialist on our podcast Mm -hmm. as well. So that, that's kind of neat. That'll be fun to talk about. Um, and then I did bring my daughter to see you. And so she has all types of GI issues. She was, you know, I call her my miracle baby. Basically we, we were at the GI doctor and they're like, I'm like, she's not, she doesn't really eat. (laughs) She's not gaining weight. And they're like, okay, you know, three protein shakes a day. And I'm like, well, that's not going to teach her to eat. And he's like, well, you have to give her three protein shakes a day, which then was making her more constipated. And then it was like this whole horrible thing. And then he's like, if you don't get her to gain weight, then we'll have to do a feeding tube. And I'm like, well, that's still not going to teach her to eat. And then what happens? I go to the dentist and she figures out what's wrong. (laughs) So um, Dr. Streets said that Samantha's jaw, can you like? I still don't even know how to
2: myofacial. Myofunctional therapy. Yeah, <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> so, myofunctional therapy has honestly been around forever because it's one of those like functional approaches to therapy. Think physical therapy for the mouth, for the tongue, for the lips, because those are all muscles, muscles that should be able to move independently without having to cr- recruit any other muscles due to the le- like due to compensation and function. And basically what it is, is just doing exercises to regain strength. So chewing can be performed easier. So certain, um, certain nerves that innervate the tongue, the jaw, the lips, are properly stimulated. So they're not overstimulated during like normal function. And that's honestly it. <laughs> it's just physical therapy of the lips, the mouth and everything you, all the muscle groups used to swallow, speak mm-hmm. and produce sounds. Right. But yeah. that
1: shows how important it is. To take your kids to the dentist young because you helped a much bigger issue, but you found the root cause for yeah. our daughter. And now our son who has no problem eating, but (laughs) you, because he has some rapid tooth decay and I'm Mm -hmm. like, like with a molar that is Mm -hmm. currently growing in still, Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's a cavity. How, (laughs) like, how is this cavity there? And, um, it's the same thing. She found that he has a, a tongue tie. So finding the root cause of everything is something that you're
0: clearly very good at and our family's very appreciative of what made you decide that you would go this avenue because I would imagine in the industry if you look at dentists as a whole Mm -hmm. there aren't very many that I've seen that focus on the whole body and the bacteria and sleep and airways all that stuff like that has never been a dentist thing that I've seen so what made you decide that that was the avenue you were going to take? So I, I think I can speak for a lot of female dentists who
2: are functional providers by saying that a being a mom and having your own kids mm-hmm. and seeing them go through things that just like turned on this warning like sign like, hey, something is wrong, turns you into this functional provider trying to figure out what the root cause of things are. And just not having the expected or appropriate feedback from other medical providers kind of leaves you wondering, like, where is the disconnect? It's like, where in medicine is there a disconnect as to why we cannot address things when they are an actual concern? So with both my kids, um, breastfeeding was extremely difficult. And I never understood why so many moms can go a year or two breastfeeding without pain. I was told, yeah, the first month is difficult. It's going to hurt, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, you build scar tissue and, you know, good to go. It's like everything's fine again. And then you see other things about your child. For me, with my son, when he started his current daycare, they called me and my husband saying that his behavior is not where it's supposed to be. He's not listening to us. He's not, you know – you know when spoken to he doesn't focus on you he's just turning his head and he's had a runny nose you know for months ever since starting daycare sure <laughs> and so i approached the ent specialist i was like i think his adenoids are swollen he's just constantly draining like he has teachers you know running after him and so he will not you know have that social interaction after getting his adenoids removed things were better you know the teachers weren't like oh yeah you he's changed a little bit as a child. And so I really started looking into more of the pediatric side of obstructive sleep apnea. Cause I've already done all my training through the military for obstructive sleep apnea in adults. Um, I took over 200 hours of continuing education and just learning how to, you know, not diagnose, but screen and treat obstructive sleep apnea or sleep disorder, breathing in adults, primarily our soldier population And there was never enough information about pediatric like sleep disorder breathing. Hmm. And I think that's where a lot of organizations are kind of stopping you. And the medical world is all about tonsil removal, um, steroid, steroid, like nasal sprays, et cetera, kind of just like to treat the symptoms, even though it's really prevalent. And so I started like taking more continuing education courses on my functional therapy, on tongue tie, lip tie releases, um, really diving into the orthodontics of jaw alignment. Cause my son also had a, a very recessed jaw. And I started putting all these little pieces together and really figuring out you know, how to approach his condition. And it's been life changing. I've had his teachers ask me, like, oh, what have you been giving him to change his behavior so much? I was like, <laughs> I've literally <laughs> trained him to do a little bit of my functional therapy before I released his tongue. He's currently in my functional therapy. Um, he's in a healthy start appliance to just reposition his jaw and open up his upper jaw a little bit so he can rest his tongue there and he's a completely different child. Wow. Takes direction makes eye contact is more you know social his verbal skills are not that great yet just because he still has that recessed jaw so pronouncing certain words is still a struggle but if I was able to achieve such great results it just motivated me to help everyone else out mm-hmm. it's it's truly st- the most rewarding thing I can do as a provider, just being able to help someone else.
1: Are you finding that most of your patients are coming to you for that reason?
2: Absolutely. So what I've been doing as of this year is providing free screenings for children. So if a mom ha- or a dad has a question or concern, like, hey, I've gone to this provider, my child is still 15 years old, wetting their like wedding their bed. I'm snoring. Where do I go? Because I'm like, there's nothing I can do. They basically feel helpless. And yeah. I'm like, okay, let's address this first. Have you done a sleep study? Not enough parents have their child get a sleep study test to see whether or not there is something going on with their airway. And so I kind of help guide them where to go, what to approach first,
1: and then go from there. So you've done free screenings. Yes. Yes. But somebody just made a comment about you nickel and diming people. (laughs) (laughs) What the heck?
2: So just to give you a background, we've done over 66 free screenings this year. Wow. Over 66.
1: That is thousands
0: and thousands of dollars. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Wow. How does somebody come to you for that?
2: They just call. They call, it's like, hey, I've seen your, because I advertise the free screenings too. It's like, hey, it's a screen- It's literally a screening. It's not a dental exam. I'm not going to diagnose your child with anything, but I'm going to give you my input or tell you, hey, let's screen you for obstructive sleep apnea because I know how to do that. I can give you the appropriate referrals because I've done my research in the area. Sometimes there's more to it where, okay, maybe a child has some sort of cranial dysfunction or a neurological
0: condition that needs to be addressed first and then proceed from there. Hmm. Sure. I think uh, you know uh, Logan, my oldest, he's almost 13 but when he was four or five there was a lot of change going on in our world with military deployments, all the stuff but um, you know as a parent trying to seek out outside resources and guidance to help you, especially with your first kid Mm -hmm. and you're like there's no one to even give me a guidance, like a a guideline on like, first go to this person. And if you're seeing these challenges, go to this person and then go here. It is like the most helpless, like you were saying, feeling as a parent to say like, I don't even know how to help my own child or myself. So to have that expertise of like, hey, just come to me and I can give you the knowledge and the resources that I have is like, a breath of fresh air because I feel like oftentimes we go to the doctor and they're like, have you tried uh, this or, you know, let's get them on some ADHD meds. And I'm like, "Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not ready to just jump to that. Yeah. There's Um, a, there's
1: a place for that, but that is not what we jump to. That's not my
0: first thing. And I'm very much like, I don't want to treat the symptom. I want to get to the root of the problem. And if for some people that's like, yes, get on some ADHD meds, then go to therapy, start practice these, practicing these things that you're learning while the brain is, you know, deescalated a little bit and then you can wean off those meds. Sure, sure. But there has to be an approach that says here are some conservative first steps to take. Try these things for whatever it is, two weeks, three weeks. See if you notice a difference. Then go see this person. It's like, nope, we just want to quickly fix this thing so everybody's life can go back to normal, so take this pill. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> and what you are saying about the pharmaceuticals, we had that with Austin,
1: my six-year-old. He had a um, really bad reaction to vaccines at six months, like hospitalized, super sick, I thought – This child's never going to be the same. And we got kicked out of the practice because we refused any future ones, even though they Mm. saw that. And then I could not find anyone to take him until Dr. Caban opened.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But I couldn't.
1: Yeah. I couldn't find anybody to take my kid and treat him. And I'm like, he still needs to be medically treated just because I'm not going to ever let that happen to him again. And then the same with um, schools, preschools. I'm like, he has a medical waiver and they still wouldn't, they still wouldn't take him. We did. You took him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But here I had a
1: really hard time finding a preschool that would take him. Well, you Um, can in the state of North Carolina. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But a a private preschool,
0: they would. They can do whatever they want. They can do whatever Mm -hmm.
1: they want and they wouldn't take him. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. So yeah, it is that helpless feeling of being like, where do I go? Like, why is my child being treated differently because of this? And yeah, my husband was gone, you know, all the time we were doing that and I'd started our business. So it's like,
0: yeah, I need somebody to help me. How do you
1: juggle all of that? So, and then, you know, I had two more that are super difficult and you definitely helped Samantha. So we, we go see, Miss Caitlin, who's going to come on our podcast, yay! By the way, and <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, and that's where um, she goes to therapy, and she's expanding her practice as well. And my son's going to start going as well, and she's getting her to eat raw carrots. Oh, so. that's
0: a good thing for your jaw. I would imagine. Right. Yeah. She won't eat.
1: <laughs> right. <It> was, <laughs> people are like, why, why does Tim go to therapy? I'm like, she doesn't eat.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what a weird thing, right? Not I a never... common thing. I would imagine. It, I don't know. How often do you see that? The not eating? Yeah. So often. Really? So often the gag reflexes. My goodness. Do Even you think, adults. Do you think this is like a new thing? Do you think no. this is a new thing or do you think it's just been so um, Over- overlooked?
2: Yeah, it's definitely overlooked. And then you have like the whole insurance liability behind it. There's just so there's like we a talk hu- about that. There's just a huge legal mess with insurances basically dictating how you have to treat as a provider Mm -hmm. in order for your I'm just speaking from like the medical perspective because I have a lot of friends who are medical providers especially in the ER department if you don't follow certain guidelines on let's say a patient comes with these symptoms and you have to and you don't treat the like the uh, symptom or problem in this manner insurance won't reimburse you.
0: Even if you know. Even if you know. You're like, we need to go straight to X because this is, I've seen this before. These are the symptoms. This makes sense. You still have to do like, no, first we have to do a CT scan and blah, 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 blah. Especially in the
2: emergency department. You can have one person come in with the same person and with the same problems the next day. And you have to do the same stepwise procedure like taking the x-rays if x-rays are warranted based off of the symptoms prescribing this medication unless it's like an antibiotic and they're already on it doing this this and this like insurance dictates providers care so much and it's disheartening and that's why you see a lot of medical providers being like oh i'm gonna stay out of network Uh uh-huh same with dental you're trying to do the right thing and insurance will either downgrade what your recommendation is or just not reimburse.
0: Wow. And I, so then you're, you're out that money.
2: You're out that money. So if they downgrade your diagnosis, you can either, I mean, from my perspective, because I never I never dealt with insurance until this past year. in And like in the military, you do what is right for, the, for that patient or whether, I mean, depending on whether or not they're deploying within the next 24 hours. So you're trying to provide the best possible care, get this soldier deployment ready. Vers- and that's it there's no question as to why you did something or you know what is actually best and then you go into the civilian world and it's like well and your insurance doesn't cover this this and this but i recommend this just know your insurance is probably not going to cover it and then even if they promise they will they can just say mm, no because insurance man dental insurance is like probably the most profitable fr- profitable business there is yeah hands With- down
1: with the whole root canal thing that I had after the root canal, I couldn't get my crown until insurance approved it. And mm-hmm. I said, I've got this like weird temporary tooth and I can't even eat while I'm waiting on insurance to approve it. It breaks. Yep. So I had to go pay use part of insurance. And then I still had to pay like 300 something dollars out of pocket. Cause my tooth broke. Cause I'm waiting on insurance to approve the crown And they never told me like why it wasn't approved. I kept calling and they're like, oh, well, now it has to be sent here. And they're like, oh, you need x-rays. And I'm like, why do I need x-rays? You know, my tooth is decayed. (laughs)
2: Like it doesn't heal itself. (laughs) It's so sad. I literally had to have a patient come back because insurance didn't approve of an x-ray. It was an x-ray sent by her root canal specialist. I was like, well, it shows the root. Why can't we use this? Now we have to have one with the crown on top. It makes no sense.
1: It's not like they're the one providing the care, so exactly. why do they need it? Like- well,
2: their their jobs, like every other insurance, they're trying to overpromise and underdeliver. That's their. They literally hire people to just not approve things, mm-hmm. and they will hire people to make your life
0: difficult. So, because <laughs> um, this is. Um... I'm like sitting here and I feel myself like in my body. I'm like tensing up because this is a real big issue (laughs) for me. Like I, it makes me like it, it does make me a little bit angry. I listen to a lot of Rogan Huberman, just a lot of stuff that, you know, opens your eyes to a lot of the way things are. Mm -hmm. Um, Peterson too. uh, Uh huh. Talks a lot about that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that are, providing platforms for people to come talk about the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but like, what is the solution? Like I, uh, we have friends that are um, opening a practice down here that is direct primary care. And so the insurance is completely out of it. And you play like your monthly membership to have a doctor. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, great. See a tri care for life. You know, um, <laughs> I'll just pay this membership fee and then get the care that I need and not always be brushed off. Oh, we can put you on this medication. You know, this recently happened to me, like pelvic floor stuff um, with just like a lot of pressure in my bladder, no incontinence or anything. So I was like, it's not really affecting my life that much, but I'm going to go to PT for it. Well, the PT is booked up until October And that was in May. So I was like, okay, well, we have the world at our fingertips, information at our fingertips. I'll start doing my own thing. And thank God I go see, um, Dr. Gardner who is amazing. She's chiropractor, but she's helped me with my pelvic floor. Um, but the first thing the doctor said to me was like, well, we can give you this medication. It'll just relieve some of that pressure. Um, like immediately, that was the first thing before she talked about PT. And I was like, I don't really need, I don't want it. Like I barely take Tylenol, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be on this thing that's she's like, it's going to coat the lining of your bladder, blah, blah, blah. Fine. That's great. If, if I just am all four people making their own decisions based on the information that they have. And I would like more people to seek out their own information instead of just trusting blindly. Um, but it's like, what is the solution to this problem? It's like uh, there are so many smart professionals like yourself who see the issues. It's like, what do we do? What can be done about it?
2: Well, in regards to insurance, I know of um, at least in the dental world, there are always dentists lobbying in Washington to be like, hey, insurance has to promise more because they're not reimbursing much at all, even to patients like the 1500 like annual max deductible has been in place since the 1980s.
1: I ran out and they're like, you need a cleaning. I'm like, well, I'm out of insurance. So 1980s, (laughs)
2: 1500. And they have not changed it. That's our whole life versus Mm -hmm. medical. At Mm -hmm. least like you reach a point and then they're just going to give you that unlimited amount. Mm -hmm. So that's like fun. Like I prefer medical over dental granted. Medical is still a little tricky. Um, but You know, when it comes to just like approaching things from a holistic perspective, I feel for doctors right now just because there is a shortage of medical professionals like nurses. So now they're swamped, overwhelmed. And in order to create this collaborative care, it takes time and effort. Mm -hmm. Like it takes time to meet with each provider to gauge what they're all like, what their treatment is like. Like you're going to have Caitlin on your podcast. It took me a while to like you know, network with her, see how she does her things and kind of come to this conclusion of, okay, how are we going to coordinate care? Sure. And it does require effort to be like, okay, so your patient, like our mutual patient is through this, this, and this stage, I need you to do this part and then we'll continue care. And then it's just, it's all time dependent mm-hmm. and no one has time. Mm-hmm. No one has time. That's it. Right. And so the parents have to end
1: up being advocates and step up for it because not all providers are finding that time to do that. So Mm -hmm. the parents have to make sure they know what questions to ask and then share that information with the other provider, I would assume.
2: Yeah, But they try. But of course, like a third party is not going to be able to understand like all the medical terminology involved.
0: Yeah. It's almost like there needs to be a universal database. I don't even know how that would work, but I'm just spitballing ideas here um it's
2: almost impossible because you have so many different softwares
0: right but it's like (laughs) what if
2: there's so many businesses in medicine it's insane it really is like like working as a business professional in medicine is such a lucrative position to be in because that's ultimately who profits in the medical world it's never the doctor it's never a provider it's everyone else kind of running the show because they know you need a medical software like practice management software Mm -hmm. they know you need certain tools they know you need certain um means of communication that you know follow HIPAA privacy that follow every single national guideline and state guideline that's being put in place so it's really difficult it's just requires more effort by the provider, and it's just
0: a lot that you have to sacrifice in order to do so. Is it possible for a dentist to do like a direct primary care type of thing? As in refer to? A- like no insurance. It's like, like ev- you pay a patients. membership. Pay
2: yeah. Out of oh, yeah. That's what most dentists do in this area.
1: Yeah. I've just heard a lot of dentists in this area just all quit taking TRICARE.
0: I didn't know what happened with that or United Concordia. Well, there's been and there's been a lot of pharmacies that aren't accepting TRICARE Mm -hmm. anymore. And and I talked to one of the she must have been a tech or something, but she said the contract we were going to renew the contract Mm -hmm. because we know how many of our clients have TRICARE. But we could not accept TRICARE's terms because it would literally leave us on most of the drugs that we give, we would be getting less money than it would cost to cover the actual drug. And we Mm -hmm. can't do that. That's not sustainable for our little Whispering Pines pharmacy, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So now what is it? Walgreens is like the only one around here. Mm -hmm. And this Walgreens pharmacy closed down. So you have to drive to Aberdeen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have to go. I go to Aberdeen. To get mine, which I mean, it's only 15 minutes, but still the fact that I could go to Harris Teeter, Walgreens, and if something's my medicine's out of stock all the time, cause it's $5,000 a month. And so they don't like keep, keep it in it, stock. Right. And then if they can't order it on time, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I do I just have seizures. Like <laughs> yeah. what am I going to do? Right. And I used to be able to say, Hey, Walgreens can't get it. Can you get it? And, you know, call around all the different places to get it that's how you create like
0: capitalism competition a little bit so somebody (laughs) doesn't corner the market
1: (laughs) yeah whole nother story yeah yeah that's yeah and that's a big thing but you are you were able to keep tricare
2: yeah so so, yeah united concordia united concordia the down insurance um yeah kept that one and a couple more and that's it there were some that were just Constantly approving treatments and then rejecting it. And I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry. No, because now you're lying to the patient and you're the bad guy because you said this because insurance said they would. And you're this third person just trying to transmit a message, trying to help as much as possible. But you promised something and didn't deliver in a sense.
1: Right. So then people get upset with you when really
2: it's not your fault. It's not my fault. I diagnose everyone the same way. I never look at what insurance someone carries. I'm like, oh, what insurance do you have by the way? Maybe I can like help you out and just give you like the four one one from my experience.
0: That's a lot to have to handle. It is. (laughs) You're like, let me, you know, advocate for this patient, do what's right for them and then have to be in this like bureaucratic position of, you know, looking at what insurance is and isn't going to cover and then hearing back from them that they're not going to cover it, then having to go to the patient. It's like, who am I? I'm supposed to be a dentist, (laughs) right? It's like, you need a whole separate you to deal with insurance.
2: Yeah. So you, I mean, like, that's what you do when you're a business owner. You're at least a medical one. You're the medical provider. So you have to do what's right to your patient, but you're also this you're running like wearing all the hats when it comes to managing a business because you're still a business. Right. You're not getting paid to see all these patients from a third party or from the government. It's you're literally a business and you still have to afford overhead, afford um, like your team members. Mm-hmm. You have to afford paying all of the fancy equipment and the expensive materials and all that stuff. And you're like trying to do the math. And if you're doing all the right things and it's, not handled the right way or perceived the right way. It's really soul crushing. Mm. And so I don't blame a lot of dentists for going out of network with certain insurances because Mm -hmm. they're just so difficult to deal with.
1: How do you personally deal with that? With it being so soul crushing? Like for me, for me, anytime my soul gets crushed, I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, it's not a big deal. This is dance. This is not medical. This is not an emergency. (coughs) And that's what I tell myself and my staff, but you can't say that. So, so how do you, oh, boy. how do you deal with that?
2: Mimosas on Friday? Oh, Friday cheers. morning
1: mimosas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we got to take a picture of us. Our okay, both MD, yes. Oh, I'll refill while you talk about how you deal with that.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, you have, you have these different expectations. So of course, like as a medical provider, you're doing the right thing for your patient. And you if you're in medicine, you have to have heart in order to do what you do. Sure. Like every single medical provider. Cause you care. I go to bed thinking about my patients. I go to bed answering my patients' text messages. It's like, I just want you to be feel like confident that you're being taken care of. I care, et cetera. And then you just have to, I mean, really sit back and be like, okay. How can I handle the situation where everyone can benefit, but you're also not losing yourself in the process? Because that's the quickest way to just lose purpose Sure, is by just feeling let down or crushed because you weren't able to handle every single aspect of the situation. Yeah. So you just try to do your best, contact as many different resources as you can. And then just continue doing what you do and know what to do.
0: Yeah. I think it it kind of goes back to the idea that you can't please all the people all the time. Yeah. And that, like, for me, if I know that I'm making decisions based on values and just the core beliefs of our business, and I, I still second-guess myself sometimes... Um, and I'm left feeling like, oh my gosh, it was perceived in such a way that it was not intended to be. Um, you know, when you hold boundaries, sometimes you are perceived as a bitch and it's really like, no, this is what has to happen in order for me to protect our relationship. And for me to protect my business and our team is I have to do this thing, you know? And It still gets to me sometimes.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) Especially if like it's a business and you're just married to this business. It's almost like having a child. You commit for sure for months, for years to it and you try to do the best thing possible, but it's so easy to lose yourself. So if you lose yourself, like not giving yourself time off raising a child or take me time, you're not going to be a better parent or you're not going to be a better business owner. Mm-hmm. You have to really separate yourself from the business in order not to lose yourself and to lose your well-being. And you know, it happens to everyone. You like you said, you can't you know, please everyone. And unfortunately, one percent of the population is going to cause you ninety-nine percent of your problems.
0: Thousand percent. <laughs> we say that all the time. I know, and you get
1: stuck on that one thing too. It's so hard to emotionally get for me, at least, to get past it. It's like do something great, have an amazing recital, everything works perfect. And you get one little complaint about Mm -hmm. something else. And then you just forget all the amazing things that just happened. And I just get stuck on that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) It's so hard. I always say, like, I have to participate in my own survival or like, you know, to other people, like if they come into my office and are just wallowing in this thing, like that is okay to be there now, but you can't live there. Now you Mm -hmm. have to participate in your own survival. Meaning like, what are the things that are tried and true that I do to pull myself out of this little slump, you know? And then you actually have to like get up and do those things, you know, (laughs) which can be so hard when you're just like feeling crappy about something that's happened, especially if it's a public thing. Mm -hmm. And I've had that happen with the school. There's people who post on Facebook and you know, it's like this, obviously it's this public forum, (laughs) (laughs) where so many people can see somebody's um, bad experience and it's uh, harder to get people to share their positive experiences because they're not, I don't think anybody leaves an experience, a dentist, a school, you know, encore, whatever they're, they're not like, Oh, let me go write about this. It's usually Mm -hmm. when you're pissed off, like you feel like you've been wronged that you go and you show up on some public forum to say, I was treated this way or this happened to me or blah, 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 blah. And then people don't have context of Mm -hmm. the entire situation. And so for me as a business owner, if you're going to post on a public forum, especially if you're going to tag me or, you know, my business, I feel like it's completely within professionalism and, and everything. It's valid to respond with the other side of the story. I think that most business owners are not operating with malice to their clients Mm -hmm. and things happen that people just aren't happy with, but there's two sides to every story. Mm -hmm. So I've been there in response to somebody's bad experience, you know, and then, then you question that, you know, did I say the right things? Should I have shared that? Well, you do the best that you can. (laughs)
2: you know exactly yeah and you i mean like you say you don't know every situation Mm -hmm. sometimes you really did go out of your way and that person is just not pleased because they didn't hear what they wanted to hear Mm -hmm. and you can't really dictate someone's emotional response their way of thinking right and at that point you just let it go how do you let it
0: go (laughs) (laughs) you just
2: let it go i i mean you do all you can if it is if you know who that person is that you know, has said something, you know, that might hurt your business or is unhappy, you can always pursue that pay like that person, that client directly. So you can always reach out and try to reason with them. Sure. Unfortunately, sometimes it's not possible. And at that point, if you've done all the right things and someone is still trying to badmouth your business At that point, you should like every business owner should know that they have their attorney to reach out to and be like, hey, is this a form of just trying to um, hurt the business? Yeah. And that's illegal harassment, threats, defamation, defamation are Mm -hmm. all illegal. And that client, that unhappy customer is liable for anything that can happen to you emotionally what that can happen to your business financially. And they should be aware of what the possible consequences are. Mm. And yeah. I feel like there are sometimes businesses that are
0: not being proactive in protecting themselves. Yeah. Well, and probably because they don't know. Yeah. Right. It's like all the hats that you wear. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have to realize like, oh, no, there's a whole legal aspect to this, too. So mm-hmm. get an attorney, have an attorney from the time that you start your business because they're, mm-hmm. you're going to need them.
2: <laughs> for everything from like at least from the medical perspective to like read over your contracts sure. to read over everything that you've written so it makes sense and that you're not liable for something that is wrong mm-hmm. so if someone tries to question it well at least you've already spoken with an attorney and you're good to go right you feel confident with your decision making now when someone turns the story around or tries to phrase it in a means of hurting you you should contact that attorney and be like hey what do i do now and there are steps you can take without having to, you know, take legal action, but just understanding that you have that willpower is so important. Yeah. Same with like, if a client calls you and starts making threatening responses to your team members, to you, well, you can take legal action Sure. to stop that.
0: Yeah. Do you
1: respond when you see that kind of stuff on um- on Facebook, I didn't see what recently
2: happened. Caitlin told me about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was tagged in one forum where, of course, there was a, a sense of defamation to my business. Mm-hmm. Um, once you question a provider's ability to care, you're taking a direct hit on the provider themselves. Because you take that when you graduate from medical school, dental school, you take that oath that you're not going to over-diagnose the patient, you're going to do all the right things, you're going to teach him prevention over treatment, et cetera. And so when things that could be brought up to the board are posted publicly publicly just to ruin that provider's reputation, well, that is not okay. And so I was tagged in this one post by another provider that I know really well. And unfortunately fortunately unfortunately due to HIPAA I can never Mm. be direct with anyone so I'm like well this is how we do things in our office maybe there is a misunderstanding there usually is a anger towards billing and insurance I do what I'm supposed to do legally but when it comes to insurance I present you the fees that I agreed with
0: and the rest is up to them it's really not up to us Mm -hmm. I'm sorry Right. And that's the tricky thing is like, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's two parties mm-hmm. at play here. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Like even filing with dental insurance, I agree
2: to a fee. I never agreed to file. So when a dental office files stuff for you, that's a form of courtesy.
0: Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know
2: that. Yeah. Doing verifications, that's courtesy. So the pay- like you holding your insurance should know exactly what your. You know, covered for same. Let's say you go to like an auto mechanic and you know, you got in a wreck, you need something covered. They're probably not gonna, unless they're doing a courtesy for you, they're not gonna tell you how much they're gonna cover. You usually call your insurance company and be like, hey, right, this, this, and this. And then they give you the breakdown. Same holds for
0: medical. I never thought of it that way because anything with our car, for sure, we're the ones like, being proactive, doing all the, the legwork. Yeah. Yep. And knowing exactly what's covered, how much we're going to have to pay doing the math. But I never do that with dental or medical. I'm just like, Oh, they'll, they'll just let me know how much I yeah, owe Whatever. It. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I guess I just always assumed like, Oh yeah, that's what the dentist, like they, they all take care of that. Yeah. Not in like a derogatory, like with my hand flick <laughs> like that, but like, I just assumed that was like, Oh, that's in your purview.
2: Yeah, it's an, overhead, it's an additional overhead expense. Wow. Yeah.
0: Okay. I've learned so much. I know. It's so good to know. <laughs> well, it's
2: good to know how bad insurance is because I know Ugh. it's just so sad to see like other providers being attacked. Like, oh, they dropped it. They're terrible. They're not doing this. Awful. It's because it's such an extra expense and then you end up being like this evil grinch that's just trying to take Christmas away from everyone mm-hmm. and prevent you from like being the healthiest person you can be and it's really not you it's never it's usually never the doctor's fault I hate to say it
1: mm-hmm. I just don't understand the purpose of people getting on there saying the negative stuff like what what goal do they think that's going to achieve it's not going to solve their problem so there's no
0: logical well, reason it, to Facebook do that has become like the town square right it's become like the town square <laughs> to air your grievances and Uh, have very little accountability for what you do say, because it's really easy for everybody to go on and and type something out. But if you had to come in and say, hey, Dr. Streets, here's what happened Mm -hmm. and have a discussion, it would be so much different than a public decree of how you were mistreated, which I I think reviews are fine. Mm -hmm. I think go on and review those businesses. Do that. As long as you're doing the good ones as well. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, Also, I think as a, as a client of anybody's to leave a review and have it be negative, I think that it would be great to offer a solution. Here's how Mm -hmm. I wish this would have gone or here's how I wish this would have happened. And then to be able to have an open dialogue of like, well, here's why that doesn't happen that way. Like specifically Mm -hmm. with insurance stuff, like, well, here's the breakdown of like how this actually works behind the scenes, you know, would possibly give a different perspective yeah, on
2: yeah yeah and i wish someone said something about our services period it's mm-hmm. like i've like i would love to get reviews for how is your service? like how what do we do to help you mm-hmm. it was i wish more people left a honest opinion on service because that's what opinions pretty much you know are supposed to be it's like review based off of service mm-hmm. and then of course. You know, let's say you go to a restaurant and unfortunately the food came out cold. Well, that was a service related issue. Mm-hmm. The chef still did their job. I wouldn't blame the chef, but the service was poor that night kind mm-hmm. of deal because mm-hmm. the food came out cold mm-hmm. versus they made us tip 20% kind of deal well that is probably like part of their rules and regulations that you didn't catch or you didn't ask about it's always on the menu it's usually (laughs) always on the menu it's like you missed it right is it really that business's fault yeah (laughs) yes yeah
1: yeah well going switching gears Uh positive (laughs) now (laughs) because it is so easy to get wrapped up in that um but we just have to let that stuff go and you know focus on the the good things just we start have going, right now. yes. And you have so many good things going. Um, let's talk about kind of what the future is for your your office. Are you going to keep it just you as a provider? Are you looking to ev- eventually expand and have more providers? And what other kind of services and things do you offer? Because I know you give some fluoride free options, and uh-huh. you do you know, more natural teeth whitening, which my husband told me to ask you about. So <laughs> yeah, we have some questions. Have some questions. <laughs> so what kinds of things are you offering? Mm-hmm. Are you going to offer in the future and kind of your plans as far as the business goes?
2: So much of my business is focused on prevention. Prevention is going to be key. Um, some of the services that we will start doing Come August, I want to say 6th, 6th, 7th is what is called the EMS Airflow GBT. Oh, yeah, you're talking to me about that. <laughs> I am so excited about it. It's like this really, it's a different form of cleaning that you can get Um, in the Swiss or in all over Europe. Most dentists have been using, instead of like Cavatron, that's super loud to clean your teeth, they've been using this concentrated airflow mechanism that just blasts air in order to get rid of all that plaque that's built up around braces around teeth on your gums on your th- like around your throat on your tongue to really kill all that bacteria hmm. and it's shown to be more effective than just the regular cleaning with the scaling etc and many of our patients oh my goodness so many patients hate how the ultrasonic makes their teeth feel because they have you know receding gum lines they're super sensitive and then you know, no one likes that scraping sound either. So it's just like a next level way of educating patients and also delivering treatment.
1: Oh, I'm going to come get that.
2: Yeah, that's, <laughs> what, that's why I haven't scheduled yet. She was like,
0: just wait until just wait. the beginning of August and then come in. Okay. Yeah, I'm so gonna we're going to have
2: it. our training August 4th. Um I'm bringing on another part-time hygienist who's amazing. And she's going to join us with our training and um, I'm definitely definitely looking to incorporate ozone therapy in the future too. It's just like ox- uh, concentrated oxygen to help with sensitivity, treatment. Hmm. I would love to expand and hire a, an associate. To work with me just so I can focus on more specialty treatments so I kind of I sort of started like a infant phrenectomy clinic called totstock kind of started getting it rolling um that is mostly geared towards infant and toddler phrenectomy so on Thursdays right now I don't have a hygienist in office just to make it more comfortable for parents to be there like one-on-one time with patients and hopefully I can kick off more so in the future um are you performing the phrenectomies mm-hmm. or are you okay? Oh yeah. I invested in a CO2 light scalpel laser to make the procedure a lot quicker and more comfortable for patients. Um I do it on adults too. I just had a case yesterday that was very gnarly.
0: <laughs> Wait, that's the like when your like upper flappy thing comes down your gum in uh-huh. between your two front teeth. Okay, that's yeah. what Molly had. Yeah. And I watched that procedure and I was blown away. It's so cool. <laughs> oh my gosh! I was like, like a little grossed out, but also like fascinated by what was happening. Yeah, it's really
2: easy and simple on infants and toddler toddlers, depending on how much they fight. But on infants, it's super easy, quick procedure takes seconds. Um, it's more so getting that collaborative care started. Like you said, how do you establish that functional care? I literally guide moms through a series of providers that I've picked out, hand picked out near our areas. Like this is what you do first, then you go here. Then once you get the green light here, you can come back and see me. I'll do my procedure, then continue on with this. So great. Versus, hey, we can do this.
0: And then you're free to the world. Yeah. And then
2: best of luck, hopefully it won't reattach. Why?
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, Why would an infant or toddler need that procedure?
2: If they're unable to latch, if mom has trouble with breastfeeding. Cause moms are often ignored postpartum and that is heartbreaking. I think there's, there are recent studies that say it takes two years for moms to get out of their postpartum, hmm. like depression, two years. And when breastfeeding is difficult and all you do is worry about your child growing, right. properly developing, um, you seek, you know, an assessment to see whether or not there is a tongue tie or a lip tie. Um, if the baby's frequently eating, Eating in short periods of time, colicky, gassy, not reaching developmental milestones, not being able to transition from liquids to solids, not enjoying tummy time, um, gassy, fussy, waking up multiple times throughout the night. I mean, there's just so many different symptoms. Mm-hmm. And then you can also see the restrictions on the face. So if you ever have Dr. Gardner on your oh she's Probably. coming next week definitely yeah <laughs> ask her about it she honestly when I first met her like a month or two ago I talked to her about this I was like so what is your background she's like I used to work with Dr. Baxter Dr. Baxter's who taught me how to do tongue and lip ties oh my gosh oh
0: wow it's such a small world that's <laughs> it so, is so crazy small.
2: yeah she'll tell you everything else I mean she is phenomenal yeah phenomenal yeah. And she's so great with cage. My son loves her. Yeah. <laughs> Me this, and
1: Molly go see her. Is this something that dentists usually catch more than pediatricians? Because this sounds like Samantha. And I feel like I was at the doctor constantly with Samantha because I'm like, she does not stop crying. Like she cries all the time. Mm. And um, I had to quit gluten, dairy, corn, and soy nursing. So, so vegetables and meat. Okay, Well, that's not terrible. That's good for
0: you. <laughs> that's typically what I eat anyways.
1: But like, I mean, sometimes you just want cheese, but you can't get cheese that's dairy-free hardly without soy. Soy, yeah. Or you can't get dairy and soy-free without corn. They're the three things that substitute each mm-hmm. other. Um, and it didn't really help. <laughs> yeah, you weren't getting your vitamin D. I wasn't. <laughs> It didn't help. Well, I had to take vitamin D drops mm-hmm. as well, and we would be outside all the time. But it didn't really help her. Which and, you need
0: fat to then mm-hmm. absorb. And yeah, where were you, you getting need the that? fats.
1: Yeah. So avocado is all I could eat for fat. But mm. um, yeah, so it was. It's depressing as a mom too, because <sighs> I'm like, I'm making all these sacrifices for this little human, but I'm also not sleeping, and so I think that's true about all the postpartum care and cuz I was doing all of that when really she has a tongue tie, right? <laughs> so, yeah. But I mean, that was looked for, you know, by the pediatrician. So how young do you think people should bring their infants to the dentist? Cuz I was always told once they had some teeth. Right.
2: So, yeah. So no dentist, no medical doctor, no nurse practitioner, no lactation consultant taught about tongue ties or tethered oral tissue in school. No one. You actually have to pursue the extra education. Mm-hmm. Wow. So to say like a certain medical doctor is going to catch it before a dentist or a dentist is going to catch it before a doctor, it's I cannot give you a definitive like answer for that because I didn't know until I pursued further education.
1: And which was from your own children
2: yeah from my own children so I didn't know how to properly assess a tongue tie even though I took like a tongue tie and lip tie release course before I did my functional therapy I didn't know how to properly address function until I took a functional therapy course with hygienists and speech language pathologists
0: wow yeah, so That's that makes it a little bit tricky. It's like, who do you go to?
2: Someone who's confident in it. So this is where it goes back to the patient interview. Always interview who you're going to seek care with. Ask, what is their background? Are they comfortable with a, You know, a certain topic? And often there is this notion from like 20 plus years ago, what is normal? Normal is mm-hmm. common. So if it's common, it's normal but is common and normal a good thing. Mm-hmm. We have an increased risk or increased incidence of obstructive sleep apnea and TMJ disorders in our population. We have an increase in pediatric diet, like pediatric uh, obesity in our nation. Mm-hmm. That can be linked to poor sleep, that can be linked to poor diet and that can all be also be linked to poor um, oral function. So not talked about. No one talks about it because it's not, you cannot study it in numbers and statistics.
1: Hmm. I need to get my daughter in my oldest. I can't say my daughter.
0: (laughs) Which one? We'll just say that literally every podcast.
1: I'm making this all about me because I'm learning so much. (laughs) But no, I need to get her in because she didn't really eat when she was younger too. And now I'm like, oh man, I wonder
0: Well, can you even do anything once they're like 18? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. (laughs) I mean,
2: there are certain appliances. So there are certain providers who are like the ALF appliance, maybe like a surgical approach to treatment. There's this leading doctor, ENT specialist called Dr. Zaghi. He just gave him like he just got a surgical treatment to expand his palate and he's going to get braces to kind of realign his teeth. But it's just to open up his airway.
0: Interesting. Yeah, because but as an adult, your palate is like hardened, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You can't, I mean, I guess you can't surgically, but it's super intense. It's
2: like, can you afford the timeout? Mm -hmm. Can you afford the potential risks that come with surgery? Right. So I'm not going to guide, you know, anyone to say like, yeah, you definitely have to do this. It's, hey, take on the responsibility of knowing the risks and benefits to Mm -hmm. this. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you were just looking at Caitlin's (laughs) kids and telling them how to test that. And it's like, well, if it wasn't, what would we do?
0: Cause they're already so
1: much older.
0: Yeah. They're almost 13 and 11. And like with Molly, we did do a palate expander and she did the, what's it called? Phrenectomy. Mm -hmm. Um, but like with Logan, no, nothing. Cause I'm like, your teeth are coming in fine. You look good. you breastfed fine? Everything's perfect as far <laughs> as i know in my professional opinion that's your, <laughs> your mother that's your mother that's not sleeping which is yeah. so
2: important because you have to trust your like gut instincts mm-hmm. and i always tell us to moms like trust your gut instincts because that's what i did yes and that's how i sought out answers and like luckily i'm a medical provider i can take all these courses right. like you in order to register for this course you have to have this this and this degree i was like sweet let me go ahead and do that
0: it's so great
2: it's awesome It's literally a privilege to be like a medical professional and then be able to pursue this continuing education. Of course, it's not cheap. Right. (laughs) But it gives you the answers that you're looking for.
0: That's great. Yeah. And then you get to use it with your patients. And it also gives you that value add to your clients, your patients Mm -hmm. that they may not get elsewhere. Right. So it's yeah. it's that extra above and beyond for Sometime,
2: sure. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes perceived wrong. I will say that some people are not receptive to all this extra information. Uh-huh.
0: They just want to see a dentist. Do yeah. Te- clean my <laughs> teeth. Do I have cavities? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but sure. I'm
2: like, hey, I'm giving you it's imagine like an orthodontist doing your exam and then really going into the ortho uh-huh. aspect with you. That's what I do with like sleep and development. It's like I don't have to do this legally. I'm not obligated to but I know it and you want to share I it. want to share cuz I used to work in many like local dental offices where they told me you can only diagnose teeth like I know you have all this extra education please don't talk about it because we don't provide these services here
0: Sure right it would send them elsewhere Exactly um, Yeah I could I mean I could see how that would be kind of an old school business practice
2: Yeah Yeah I've literally it's like I hate to say it, like opening up a practice was not my first goal. It was not the plan A. It was plan D. And it's because of It's because of the way I practice. And I got So
0: what was what was A, B, C? Plan A. <laughs> plan A was
2: just to like work as an associate somewhere and I used to moonlight while in the military. So just like on my days off, go work in an office, cover for certain dentists. Sure. And I figured, yeah. And like some offices offer to work 12 hours, three times a week. I was like, great. However, being a military spouse, childcare, guess what happens when your spouse is deployed or (laughs) you have no one else to pick up the kids. So I was like, there it goes. Plan a plan B, Reach out to different dental offices, see if they want an associate, potentially partner. Reached out to literally every single private practice around the area. All rejected or not replied back. Hmm. Plan C, get my husband out of the military. That didn't work (laughs) so we can move. And then Hmm. plan D was, I guess I'll just start my own thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where do you want to move to? curious
2: either somewhere close to our family so i was open to moving down to georgia Mm -hmm. i would have to get the georgia license which is fine because once you have like five years of experience you can get your license in most states without having to retake a board exam so that was my like ideal goal Mm -hmm.
0: and he was just like i don't know what i'm gonna do when i get out and i was like okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah a little forward planning yeah a few years out and then yeah. figure it out but yeah. now your family's coming here so now which my is parents great. are moving
2: down here which i mean i feel so guilty because my mom has so many different conditions going on with her health and boston massachusetts is the place to be mm-hmm. unless you're out in san francisco and are sure. in, in like ucsf mm-hmm. for treatment it's the best place to be for her treatment and she's coming down and kind of like down—I hate to say downgrading—but downgrading to like UNC compared to Harvard and Mass General, mm-hmm. right? That's where like the big names are. Yeah, and it's just to help me with my business and being able to take care of the kids in case of emergency.
0: Sure,
1: right? But she's your mom, yeah. so she's willing <laughs> to make those sacrifices. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. what we all do as moms, mm-hmm. right? So, just really quick, I have like a a game. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's not a game. <laughs> I'm just curious, like, on the basics, right? Like, a regular toothbrush versus a, um, what do you call those?
2: Like, uh, electric. like a- electric? Electric! Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Um. Which one do you recommend?
2: How lazy are you? It's usually what I tell patients. Like how lazy are you? I'm lazy when it comes uh. to brushing my teeth. It requires effort. So if you're trying to, you know, because brushing, manual brushing takes uh-huh. a lot of manual dexterity. So if you're comfortable you just using a regular toothbrush, it'll do the work. Just don't be aggressive. If you like tend-
0: small, circly strokes, is that what we're doing? Yeah,
2: like it's so. If you ever want to Google or YouTube the modified Bass technique, that's how you to brush. Like that's how you're supposed to brush your teeth. So along the gum line, forty-five degrees angle towards the gum line. That's how we brush our teeth with a
0: soft bristle.
2: Soft bristle. Okay. If you're the kind of person who tends to be super aggressive when brushing your teeth, mm. stick to an electric toothbrush that has like a little sensor. That tells you you're brushing too hard.
0: Oh. Uh, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, oh, I have an electric, gosh, yeah. but it a a, doesn't tell me anything. There's
2: so <laughs> many. Why <laughs> doesn't your toothbrush talk to you?
0: <laughs> but I imagine, like, I'm sure there's actual things that are like, this is too hard. Yeah. Or it's like, no, beep, 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 Yeah, yeah.
2: beep. Or That's the ones crazy. that beep after, like... Brushing 30 seconds on one side and then 30 seconds on the (laughs) other. That's
1: what my daughter has. And she goes to bed so late and it's so annoying because her bathroom (laughs) is right outside my bedroom door. And I hear it.
0: Uh (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm like, oh,
0: my
2: gosh. Just brush your teeth earlier in the night. Okay, So it depends
0: on your laziness. I call it
2: laziness because I I, I am so lazy. I hate to say it. I'm lazy when it comes to brushing teeth. But
0: I just feel like my teeth are cleaner with an electric toothbrush. I feel like just... I don't know. I feel like it's cleaner.
2: Hey. Go for it. it.
0: (laughs) Okay. And then how often are you supposed to floss?
2: At least once a day.
0: At least. So would that be like, do you recommend in the morning or after you've eaten a full day of food?
2: After eating a full day of food. So my recommendation is always eat your food, give it 30 minutes, 30 minutes before you floss and brush your teeth. Unless you want to use a water pick, which is water, because then you can neutralize the mouth. So, my routine is water pick, regular floss at night, and then toothbrush. And then I also use like an oral prebiotic, but.
0: Oh, I want all, I want your routine. You're yeah. going to need to give <laughs> and that what to tooth, us.
1: Yeah. Like what toothpaste are we supposed to use? And what are our kids supposed to use that's safe?
2: Safe. So. As long as you don't swallow the toothpaste, you're safe. Um, there have been so many studies on fluoride that say it's safe as long as it's not swallowed in large quantities. What now, happens
0: when it's swallowed?
2: It can, it can potentially lead to neurological disorders. So for this is what I do in my practice. I don't apply fluoride varnish on kids under the age of four because they swallow everything. I mean, that tongue moves everywhere and they constantly swallow it. Mm. I've repeatedly had parents tell me that whenever florida is applied to their child's teeth that they throw up. Mm. And it's probably because of like the toxic ingredients. I mean, there are toxic ingredients in it. You're not supposed to swallow it. You can apply Like let's say the varnish of florida is applied to the teeth. You don't swallow. You're good to go. It really takes a large quantity in relation to your body mass to cause a side effect. Mm. So for, you know, anything that's safe, always like a little smudge on the toothbrush. Nothing crazy, especially for kids because they will swallow it. For adults, I have nothing against flora toothpaste. I'm a huge advocate for nanohydroxyapatite, at least Say as that long. Again? as okay. long as there is at least 10% of the material inside the toothpaste. Because the more we learn about it, the more we learn like, okay, what things are specific that qualified for to be like a preventative toothpaste because that's all toothpaste really is it's a preventative measure you don't need toothpaste in order to brush your teeth and get the plaque off you don't need it because you have a toothbrush yeah you have a toothbrush it's like just the mechanical force of brushing your teeth Mm -hmm. will get rid of plaque but if we're talking prevention that's when we're talking about toothpaste
1: So when I went to get my root canal, that doctor said, I said, the tooth looks perfect. Like it doesn't even look like there's a cavity. Why do I need a root canal? They just did like Mm -hmm. the cold test to know. And he said that a lot of, he goes, asked me if I grew up in Texas or something like that because of the water there. And he said the overuse of fluoride Mm -hmm. is bad too, because then it can lead to the outside of your tooth being so strong and that was the issue like mm-hmm. i couldn't see anything it didn't hurt i didn't know that there was a problem but it like the inner parts so with it being in our water and and food yeah and food and all of that as well
2: yeah it can lead to fluorosis and then as a dentist you should be trained to see like oh this is a side effect of too much fluoride and it exists it really does exist okay so i res- i totally respect a parent when they're like well, what are the side effects? And so I tell them, like, mm-hmm. can we opt out of it? Sure. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you will in many insurance-driven offices see providers or hygienists push for it. I hate to say it, push it so they can get the reimbursement.
1: Mm. I say, I'll just take it home. Yeah, I'll you can do it just at take home. It home. But
2: then you're also <laughs> running into the whole like malpractice if you take it or it don't apply on the actual tooth. Did you actually do the procedure?
1: Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So
2: many things. Yeah. So <laughs> many. I mean, I hate to say it, there's just so many like legal concerns about medicine in general. And it's very important for even patients to be aware of it. Yeah. It's like be aware of what you were billed. Be aware of, hey, was this procedure actually performed? Because that can be malpractice. Oh
0: my gosh, I never look at that stuff. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> Not the
1: dentist. Uh uh-uh. uh. I always check the dentist and the doctor. And like when I get a bill and I'm like, wait, they didn't do, I had that happen. It said something about two fillings for one of my kids or something. And I'm like, they didn't do two fillings.
0: Oh. I should probably You need to check. Stuff. <laughs> well, Caitlin. you know what? Fortunately, <laughs> my kids, knock on wood, have never had a cavity. Um, Logan's just had like acid reflux. And so his baby teeth just like, but now he's, he's good. Um, no more acid reflux. I don't know if it was like a child thing, but I haven't had a whole lot of stuff to look at, at the dentist. But when I do get Tricare's things, I do look at that like, Oh, all these 18 things that were performed at this uh-huh. one appointment. And that you are get 20
1: like, envelopes in a day of from yeah, them. Yeah. That's yeah,
0: annoying. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming on and teaching us so much. We're just kind of like minds are mm-hmm. <laughs> processing all of it and giving your insight because I don't think, I mean, we didn't know. and We know a lot about business and we didn't know all the medical aspects of it. So that's been really helpful having you on. And I will see you next Tuesday. <laughs> oh.
2: That also
0: means I didn't share else. that information. <laughs> nope. I shared
1: that information
0: that Samantha and I will be there
2: next Tuesday.
0: Yeah. I'll be booking to come once you get your fancy new. We have it. Bananas. It's actually
2: going to be installed today. Oh, great. Training Fine. is on the 4th. I wish it was sooner. I'm just... Oh, I can't wait.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm more excited than my hygienist. that It's supposed to help my hygienist do her cleanings without ruining her posture and all that good stuff. I was so like, it's,
0: oh. it's just you and her in the office. It's
2: us two as providers, uh-huh. one of my dental assistants and then I have two front office
0: members and your beautiful office from what I've seen. It's I can't so wait to pretty. see it in person. <laughs> oh. You know, that's important to me.
1: Yeah. it's so, Oh, you'll love it. It's so pretty. I went in and I was like, Oh, this is relaxing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really do pretty. really think that that matters. Mm-hmm. Like your environment, especially when you're in a place that could cause you anxiety or mm-hmm. stress it's nice to be in like a calming, aesthetically pleasing environment. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. That Good. was
1: my goal. Good. Great. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you Thank so you. Much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Bye. bye. <laughs>